G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. One of the most powerful stories, and you could say one of the most controversial stories of the past decade, was the story of Andrew Chan and Myram Sukumaran, who were executed by firing squad for trafficking heroin as part of the Bali Nine. That casts our memories back, doesn't it, to 2015. Well, a new short film is being released at the end of this month called Execution Island. On that night, all eight prisoners in the early hours of the morning sang praise songs to God, including Amazing Grace and Bless the Lord, O My Soul, as they walked unblindfolded to face their firing squad. Well, Christy Buckingham was there on Execution Island on the night the two were executed. Christy was Myron's spiritual advisor and made a promise to him that she would tell his story. And that's what this new film does, at least in part. And Christy is joining us. Hello, Christy. Welcome along to 2020. Lovely to be with you. Thank you so much. Christy, it is a short film that's being released at the end of the month. Churches might find this a really, really wonderful opportunity to use in reaching out to their communities. What's the value of this film? Uh, Certainly, um, because it's a short film, uh, I think that nobody has a reason to say they don't have the time to consider it or to think about it. But I think that, especially since it's after Easter, I think we have to really ask ourselves the question, uh, if Christ died for the sin of the world past, present, and future? Is there anything that we do that is beyond redemption? And of course, my answer to that would be absolutely not. And then the next question would be, if that was uh, his intent, uh, which I believe it was, to redeem us, then uh, why would we still have the death penalty? Jesus should have been the last person executed. His punishment should have been enough and final. And the death penalty is irreversible, and there have been people who have not been guilty who have been executed. And frankly, if you don't allow someone to live out of a redeemed, rehabilitated place, how can they tell others? How can they talk about the transformation that has taken place in their lives? Christy, take us back to when you first met Andrew and Myron, because you were visiting a prison, the Karabakan prison, and uh, you were introduced to them. I guess some level of chemistry, some sort of uh, relational connection that you had. Take us back to that connection. Well, Andrew, um, in his usual form, was holding court in the visiting hall, chatting with everybody around him. He was a very chatty, funny, witty uh, man. And... Mayu was actually visiting with someone else at the time, and he was a lot quieter, was sitting, speaking with uh, one of the other Bali Nine, and we prayed for Andrew, and then uh, he came up and 
introduced himself uh, as if we didn't know who he was, but he introduced himself and he said, oh, are you going to pray for for me as well? And I said, yeah, of course, uh, I didn't want to impose. And he said, no, 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 we could do with some help in the in the in the banker, which is where they uh, do their artwork. So I prayed a quick prayer with him. And I said, look, Mayu, uh, I could see he was genuine. I could see right there in that moment that he uh, was just a, a nice guy. And I said, look, if there's anything we can do to help, please let us know. I mean, I take very seriously uh, what Jesus says in Matthew 25, where he talks about, I was in prison and you visited me. And I think, you know, it's so important that uh, we... Uh, look out for those who are incarcerated and their families. And so I said, look, if there's anything I can do, let me know. And within two weeks, I had a list from him of all the things he thought we could help with, including the computer programs, the English programs, all these things that were rehabilitative. And I think the reality is that as Christians, we've got to come to a point where do we believe in rehabilitative justice or are we just after retributive justice? Because I, I, I'm a New Testament Christian, and whilst I believe uh, that it's important that we acknowledge the Old Testament and that the, but the New Testament is a fulfillment and a building upon. And I, I just see no place for uh, when somebody's in prison, their freedom's been taken away from them, the freedom of what they eat, when they eat, how they eat, what time they wake up, when they wake up. Uh, all those sort of things are taken away from them. So to take away any basic human dignity, I've heard so many people say, you know, they go into into prison and they come out educated. Well, hello, if they don't come out educated, they're going to be doing the same things as they did that got them in there. And so we are very and have been always very supportive of uh, second chances. And that was my thing. We said, if people don't get second chances, where's the incentive for them to even try? So you became a spiritual advisor and Myron became an accomplished artist. Andrew became an ordained minister of the gospel, even establishing yeah. a church inside the prison. So when you talk about rehabilitation, it's not just something that somebody made up and said, oh, this is a nice thing to say. Nice. You've been able to observe what happened in that re- rehabilitation and even this transformative journey of knowing Christ. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, they're the type of guys that I would have happily given a key to my home to. Um, and that's saying a lot. Uh, uh, because I think when you know that you have done the wrong thing, you're even more grateful for the new beginnings that you get. Whereas often people who never feel as if they have done anything wrong, and we know we all have, but when you don't really recognize, you don't really acknowledge that, then you don't see the amazing grace of God, because you're not looking for it. You're not aware of it. You're not so grateful. These guys were incredibly grateful for anything that anybody did for them and for the fact that, most importantly, uh, what God had done for them. Their faiths faiths were very different. Andrew was very extrovert and, uh, you know, very out there in his personality. Um, Maya was a deep thinker, and one of the lawyers actually encouraged him to come onto the light side and had given him good books. I mean, when people call me the spiritual, their spiritual advisor, I was one person on a journey. Uh, when I met them, they had already well and truly um, begun their uh, rehabilitative 
journey and countless people, good Christian people, had gone there to visit them and encourage them and to try and help them and to try and counsel them. And other people um, in the education sector and, as I said, in the legal sector, trying to offer them answers to the meaning of life. Because when you're in prison and you're facing the death penalty, you know, you're going to be thinking about whatever days I have, what am I supposed to be doing with them? Christy, take us back to that night on Execution Island when the two of them were led out with the other, uh, those other prisoners that were executed on the same night. You were there. Uh, give yes. us some insight. And I no doubt the new film portrays this as it happened. Yes. Uh, give us an insight into just uh, take us through those events of their last moments. I think the, the difficult thing was that everything was changing in Indonesia constantly. Uh, at one point I was going to be with Mayu, at another point I wasn't. And it was very difficult to know what was going on. But I just made sure that during that day I spent it as quietly in prayer as I could, preparing. Um, in fact, nobody actually officially told me. I had signed the forms, but nobody uh, from the consulate or uh, the legal team or anybody else had said to me, you are actually going to have to do this tonight. Uh, it wasn't until late in the afternoon that one of the family members said, you'll be picked up at 7 o'clock tonight. So um, I thought, okay, well, you know, and even then I didn't know well, how is it going to go? Are they going to stop me? Are they not going to let me go on there? Are they going to be by themselves? So, but I still wanted to make sure that my main focus was on, was on Mayu. As I was heading across, one of the lawyers said to me, Christy, um, make sure the boys get what they need. And I said, look, you can be assured they'll get what they need. And if I don't come back for any reason, uh, make sure my husband and family know that I love them and I'll see them on the other side. And I just saw such incredible courage and strength in these men to die well so that God would be glorified. And I just thought, I don't want to get in the way. I want to do whatever it takes to let them do that. And they were incredible. When I arrived, Mayu said to me, oh, he said, I've kept you some chocolates. I know you like chocolates. I was like blown away that even, he said, have you eaten? And I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he had some letters from family and whatever, and he looked at those, and then he said, right, let's get down to business. And he made me do exegetical gymnastics. I went from, gener from Genesis right through to Revelation, talking about God's plan, his plan of redemption, went through the whole Romans road, explained to him, talked him through it all, and he had just such a, a, a good comprehension and, um, you know, just really um, prepared to make sure that he had no unforgiveness towards Indonesia or to the people that had caused him to have the death penalty and to make sure that he um, died well. Dying well is something that some of us contemplate from time to time and whether we would have the mm. same courage as these two showed with their faith in Christ mm. and singing praise songs to God as they were being marched out to face their mm. firing squad. How mm. were you feeling emotionally in that moment? Well, it was quite extraordinary because um, my you. uh 
actually, Andrew had been taken ahead, and Mayu actually started to sing Amazing Grace by himself. And I can't even begin to tell you we're in this place in the middle of a jungle with him singing stars overhead and him singing Amazing Grace while they are um, putting on, you know, his handcuffs and he was shackled. And it was just extraordinary that he had, he said to me, he looked over his shoulder and he said, have you got the song sheet in case I forget the words? And then he just started, he just started to sing. And uh, it was incredible. And I've often said to myself, could I, you know, what a way to actually die. What a way to, you know, to be choosing a hymn or choosing a song that you're going to sing at full throttle um, when they're about to face death. And his last words, his last words were, he, he called down blessing on Indonesia. He forgave Indonesia, he forgave the people that were tying him to the pole. And then he said, Jesus, I trust in you. And I just have been asking the Lord ever since, can I say those words of my last words? Can those be the the breath between heaven and earth? And as God often speaks to me in a humorous kind of way, he said, well, you better start practicing now. And can I say in every situation that I face, every difficulty, every hardship, Jesus, I trust in you. Because the ultimate hardship, the ultimate thing, is going to be that last, I trust in you. It clearly must have been a very emotional time for you, going through the ordeal with these young men. But you made a promise that you would tell their story and some level of fulfilment, although I'm sure there's much, much more to talk about if we got into depth about that sort of Mm. issue in the conversation. But this new film does tell their story. It does make a statement and it is open for churches to use because it's only a short film. It's called Execution Island. Now, people need to register for their copy or how do they actually go about showing this film in their local church? Well, they can go online. There is a a special invitation to pastors to show it to their church and there's also material to be used in small groups to have this discussion and to keep the conversation alive that no person has the right to kill another person ever under any circumstances. And it's an incredible thing that we're talking about this uh, four years on and that the church has a place to speak truth to power. And I remember one of the, the criminal barristers said to me, Christy, the church would have a great voice if it could sing the same tune. And I thought, wow, I mean, that that disturbed me incredibly. And I think that this is the crux of the gospel, that uh that either the, the, the price of the cross is sufficient or it is not. And I think it's a great opportunity to talk about repentance, to talk about redemption, rehabilitation, and second chances. And I think it's a great way to hit home the reality of what happened at that time. Well, these events happened four years ago, 
and they are still fresh in the minds of the broader community. And the opportunity there for churches to be able to show this short film. It's called Execution Island and it is being launched in to coincide with the anniversary coming up on the 29th of this month. Let me tell you how you can register to get your copy. It's www.executionisland.com.au www.executionisland.com.au Christy Buckingham telling her story through this film. Christy's been ministering with her husband Rob as senior ministers of Bayside Church in Melbourne since 1994. And uh, she has that story to tell, your opportunity to use it in your community through your local church to reach out to people over this very important issue. Christy, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.